Thanks for checking out the Ascent Church podcast. Our mission is to reach, equip, and impact others exactly where they are as we rise to new life in Christ. We hope that this message encourages you. Now, here's Pastor Thomas Lane. Yeah. Got some cooking for y'all today. Y'all see about this in a minute, all right? You'll see all about it. That's a chatterbox, those voices that come to us. Um, let me give you the definition that we're working with. This is a chatterbox. It's lies we believe that keep us from accurately and actively hearing God's voice. When I say accurately, I mean this. There's sometimes so many voices that come at us. We don't know which are true, which are false. Things like you need to do this. You need to do that. You don't, you're not good enough. You're never going to get the promotion. You're a failure. Hey, your kids, they, they don't listen to you. They don't respect you. They're never going to respect you. Your kids don't love you. You think you're a good mom? You're a terrible mom. Look at all the other moms. They look better. They're more well-rested than you. They're more patient with their kids. This is the chatterbox. This voice that just comes, comes, and comes. That's jawing in our ear. It prevents us from accurately hearing how God views us. And when I say also from actively hearing God's voice, sometimes the chatterbox is so loud, right? We can't hear his voice at all. I think it completely deafens us. Here's the illustration I've been working with. Imagine you're driving your car down the road and the windows are down and you're just blasting music. You're cranking. What do you listen to in the radio? Caleb. Love. Come on. Anybody? One person listens to the radio? Anybody listen to the radio? Oh, y'all are in church. Everybody listens to Love. Don't you lie to me. All right. Whatever you're listening to, we can go with Love. You got it loud. You're cranking. You're, you're having a good time. Maybe a little tea swizzy, whatever you got. That's fine. But it's cranking. And Jesus could be in the, in the passenger seat, talking to you, giving you a pep talk, saying something, speaking life to you, and you may just not hear it. You may be too oblivious to the fact that is the chatterbox. It's from a book. That name is from a book called Crash the Chatterbox. And what we're doing all week, all week, what am I talking about? All series is if you share one of our posts on social media, you're going to be entered into a raffle, a drawing, and we're going to give away a signed copy each and every week. Now it's signed by me, but it's still, I write a little something. Have a great summer. It's like your yearbook. Hags, have a great summer. Too good to be forgotten. What else do they say? What else is it? Hi, we can say hi. I'll do that next week. So the winner this week is Bridget. Griffin, where are you? Yeah, come on. Yes. Here's your note. There's even all these really cool pastors gave a review. I added my review. Yeah, I did. I'll read it for everybody. I said, I said, what an awesome book. 10 out of 10. Yeah. Just in case you weren't sure. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. I have so much fun. My wife thinks I'm crazy. She absolutely does. So what we talked about last week, was anyone here last week for you guys? Okay, I know it's summer. I know things are crazy. I, I totally get that. What we did last week was talk about a guy named Elijah. Somebody say Elijah. Elijah lived in a place called Israel, and they worshiped God. Not that complicated. They worshiped God. There was a new king and queen in town, Ahab and Jezebel. And they said, we're not going to worship God. We're going to worship this pagan God by the name of Baal or Baal, whatever you want to call him. We're going to call him Baal. They, they worship Baal. And they said, this is the new religion. And everyone listened to the king and queen, except for a few handfuls of people, Elijah included. So Elijah's countercultural here. 
Elijah came up with, with this idea. He said, let's have a contest. Let's throw down. Let's rent out Madison Square Garden. Let's go on Facebook Live. Let's get in the octagon, baby, and go toe-to-toe and see who the champ is. And so they built two altars. This altar was Elijah's. He was going to pray to God. And this altar over here, the prophets of Baal were going to pray to Baal. And they said, the first God to send down fire, that is the true God. That's what we're going to do. It sounds a little silly. It sounds a little cocky, and it was, but it actually worked. It actually worked. Elijah prayed and fire came down and he won. Prophets of Baal lost. This dude was on cloud nine. This dude was talking smack. You ever talk smack? It's easy to talk smack on your smartphone or on Facebook, all right? You know, making little comments. But he was talking smack the old school way, right to your face. Just talking all kinds of trash talking garbage. And some of y'all are there right on. You just got a promotion or you just had a kid or you had a great vacation. You're, you're, you're confident. You're fired up. You, you, you see what God's doing. You love what he's doing. You're just fired up. Some of y'all have gotten baptized recently. Right on. Some of you have joined a group or joined this church recently. You're having a blast. God is working in your life. Elijah was the same way. But then everything changed. One little thing happened, and it was the chatterbox. One little sentence was uttered, and it changed Elijah completely. He went from this confident leader trying to reform his country to an outcast running in the wilderness completely by himself. Essentially, the queen said this. She essentially said, because she liked ball, she liked the losing team. She essentially said this, may I drop dead if by this time tomorrow I haven't killed you? And this is Elijah. He just prayed and fire came down from heaven. So you think he would say, squat up. Let's go, baby. But he didn't. He turned and ran. Let's go to the Bible. Let's see what it says. This is verse three. It says, Elijah was a punk and ran for his life. Is that in the, is that in the Bible? Wait, next one. That was my translation. My bad. Um, sorry. Um, Elijah was afraid. There you go. And ran for his life. When he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there. Now, Having a servant, if you were a rich, fancy person, is one thing. But he didn't have a servant because he was rich and fancy schmancy. He had a servant because he was a prophet. He essentially let his staff go. We have about 100 or so volunteers here at the staff and a staff team uh, on the the Ascent Church volunteer team. It would be the equivalent of me saying, don't even come in next week. All right, we're done. Game over. He sent his staff away. He's on the run and he's quitting. He's sending his team away. While he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness. So this dude, don't miss it. He's at the height of his power. He's changing the world for good. One sentence was uttered and he just ran this way as far as he could. He dropped his staff. He dropped his calling. He dropped everything really that God had called him to do. And he just went that way as far as he could. If this is God's will, he turned away and just ran. Ran. Severed all ties and just completely ran away. He comes to a broom tree. That's important. We'll talk about that in a minute. Sat down under it and prayed that he might die. He says, I've had enough, Lord. He said, take my life. I'm no better than my ancestors. And he lay down under the bush or the tree and fell asleep. I wanted to tell you today, if you're doing what God called you to do, you'll be tempted to quit. You'll be tempted to throw in the towel. You'll be tempted to say, what was I thinking? You'll start listening to the chatterbox saying, what was I thinking trying to raise these kids right? What was I thinking trying to work? What was I thinking trying to go back to to work? What was I thinking trying to finish my degree? What was I thinking trying to live for God? What was I thinking? You'll be tempted to sever all ties 
and just leave. Words are the only thing that changed. Nothing else changed. Words have more power than fire coming down from heaven. That's the power of words. And some of y'all would think, no, 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 listen. No, if I saw that miracle, if I saw God do that, it would never happen to me. Elijah was such a leader. He had so much faith. I think the Bible's showing us this just to say we're all in the same boat. No amount of big, flashy miracle would change it. Words have power, and they can change us from a champion into a coward. Words are directly linked to wanting to quit, losing hope, giving up on your marriage, or investing in your kids, or pursuing your dreams. Moms, if we can be honest, there's probably a point every week, maybe once a day, once an hour, whatever, where you just might want to quit. You're like, I, these wrinkles aren't going away. I'm not sleeping. I'm pouring out all this love and getting so little in return. You may have these thoughts. You may want to just quit and run away. And that idea just feel so good for you. If you're in ministry, if you serve in any way or volunteer for the church or 99 for the one, you'll be tempted to quit. You'll be tempted to run away. I'll be honest. Can I be real for a minute? Probably once a week, maybe once every two weeks, something happens. And I just, I think about quitting. I'm just, you're laughing. It's true. I'm like, is it worth it? What, what would happen? Um, and it's usually from words, something negative. Someone said people talking smack, people running their mouth, negativity, people going on and on. It gets to you. Words have tremendous power. Let's see what God does all at once. Somebody say all at once, right in the right time. God will come to you. It may not be today. It may be in three days. It may be in 20 minutes. It may be in my next sentence. But God is going to come to you all at once right when you need him to in the exact place where he needs to find you. He's going to come to you all at once. An angel touched him and said, get up and eat. He looked around and there by his head was some bread baked over hot coals. Carb up, Elijah, and a jar of water. He ate and drank and then laid down again. So here's what, here's what happens. He's scared. He runs for his life. This is God's will. He goes this way as far as he can until he's utterly exhausted. He finds a broom tree. We'll talk about that in a minute. He falls. He collapses. He's asleep. He's out. We don't know how long he slept. But apparently while he was asleep, God was cooking. Did you know that even while you sleep, God's got something cooking? Did you know that even while you're at work or rocking those babies or changing those diapers or doing whatever you're doing, that God's got something cooking. He's doing something behind the scenes. He's working on something. He made him bread. I don't love that idea. I think it should have been pancakes. Y'all like pancakes better? Y'all like pancakes? I'm going to make somebody pancakes today. Cassie, bring it on out, girl. Come on. Yes. Give it up for Cassie, everybody. She's got some. Yeah, she's got some organic Maple syrup from Trader Joe's, so you know it's legit. I got my paleo pancake mix. I added some whey protein to make it taste like chocolate. Woo! I added some chocolate chips. Now, notice what God does to the person. Because I think sometimes we oversimplify people in general. You see, God made the whole person, and he's redeeming the whole person. I think sometimes we oversimplify people. I want to ask you, is anyone here a fixer? Anyone come to you with a problem and you essentially say, shut up and do what I would do? And let, you're, you're overthinking it, don't, don't worry about it. You know, sometimes that's not what people really need. Sometimes you really should get in the mud pile, in the, in the dirty, muddy water with someone before you can lift them out of it. 
And notice what God does. He doesn't, he doesn't oversimplify things. Because some of us say it's all biological. You got a problem, take a pill. You depressed, take a pill. You anxious, take a pill. Want to lose some weight, take a pill. Want to grow your hair back, take a pill. Get a cream, get a lotion. Do It's all biological, that's it. But there's so much more to humanity. For some of us, it's all psychological. It's all in your head. You got to find a good counselor. You got to read a good book. It's all about your thoughts. That's it. It's all in your head. That's, it's not biological at all. It's not spiritual at all. Some of y'all, for you, it's just spiritual. That's it. Christians are the worst about this. You go to a Christian looking for some help, someone to come alongside you to walk you through a problem, and they say, are you praying enough? <laughs> have you been to church? Christians have this checklist. Is there a secret sin? Do you have a small group? Have you been praying enough? Have you done this? Have you, have you helped the poor? We have this little checklist in our heads. But notice the wisdom of God on how he comes to Elijah. Are they burning? We're good. We're good. Look at how wise he is because he starts with pancakes. He starts with pancakes. Pancakes take time. You need to know something. God may take his time with you. God didn't just give him a quick meal. He took something that he had to start a fire I don't know where the heck he got the ingredients from. He got them. It took time. It, it wasn't just like this. Sometimes if we have a healing in our lives. It's going to take some time. That's why you need a church. That's why you need consistency. That's why you need a daily quiet time because these things take long time. Some of the, some of the scars you have are scars from 30, 40, 50 years. God could disappear in a day, but usually it's going to take some time. But that's okay. That's okay. God is a pancakes kind of God. He's not a Jimmy Dean microwavable sandwich kind of guy. You know, the, it's in this cardboard wrapper. It's like the breakfast hot pocket. Y'all know about it? You'll be, you'll be dead by lunch. Okay? Oh, it's just not going to work. But that, I mean, he's a pancakes from scratch kind of guy. That's just who he is. That's really what he does. Y'all remember Toaster Strudel? Those were good, though. Remember them? Show them the picture. Get everyone hungry. Where, where's the toaster strudel? Come on. Come on. Toaster strudel. I need you. Yes. Y'all remember these jokers? And there was never enough icing. Look at the cinnamon roll with brown sugar. Good Lord. Makes me think of middle school. And there was always one part in the middle that was still frozen. You know, the outside is lava hot. It will scar you. It's from a volcanic eruption, and the middle is a block of ice. I don't know how they did it. That's the Cinnabon. Y'all, make, y'all are making me hungry. We got work to do. The point is that God takes his time with us. He doesn't give us a strudel that's frozen. Even though the icing is delicious, he takes his time. He makes us pancakes. How many of y'all are going to buy strudel next time you're at Kroger? I see. It's all good. It's all good. I want to talk to you about the broom tree real quick. It said he got to a broom tree. I always read this as he ran until he was tired. He found a bush or a tree and just collapsed. A pine, an oak, an elm, whatever. But no, the broom tree is very important. Right when he was about to collapse, right when we couldn't, he couldn't handle it anymore, God put a broom tree in his path. You see, broom trees are very special because in the desert where he was running, it's very hot in the day. Genius, right? But did you know it's also freezing at night? It's burning hot in the day, and then it's freezing at night. But a broom tree is interesting because it provides shade in the day. And at night, you can burn the leaves, you can burn the bark, and scatter the embers, scatter the ashes. You can cover that with a few inches of sand or dirt, and it will stay warm for a really long time. 
So a lot, God led Elijah to the place that will give him shade during the day, that will keep him warm at night, and actually ended up being the way through which God probably cooked for him. An expert said this. It said, broom embers retain their heat for long periods after they appear to be dead ashes. I think that's a picture of Elijah. I think he was retaining his heat after he appeared to be dead. Some of y'all are the exact same way. You've, on the outside, it looks like you've lost your passion, that glimmer in your eye. You don't really want to go to church anymore. You don't want to go to work anymore. You aren't excited about anything anymore. But deep down underneath the surface, there's a little ember. There's a little warmth. There's something still that God has within you that can change things, that can bring life, that can bring healing, that can retain your focus. I think that's how Elijah was. The point is this. Should I flip those? Are they burning? Oh, no. Let's go back to these. Oh, baby, look at this. Oh, yes. Hey, Cassie, would you bring the plate out, please? Give it up for Cassie. Thank you, sweet Cassie. Oh, yeah, I need the syrup. It's organic. Honey, I hope y'all didn't try to have pancakes or waffles this morning because I took the syrup. I feel bad about it. I hope nobody did. So this is the idea of what God does for us. When we're tired, when we just need a freaking break, he forces us to rest and he makes us pancakes. Now, I don't know what pancakes is to you. I don't know if that's fine in a new church. I don't know if that's a day on the beach. I don't know what that is. Did anyone have a bad week? Or is anybody, would you like some pancakes, sir? No? Did anyone have a bad week and you want some pancakes? You want some, come get some pancakes. Come on, girl, get some pancakes. Come on. Hey, I just want to say, I'm not going to, I know I don't, I'm not going to embarrass you. She's on our production team. Can you give it up? Come on. I just want to say, I would bet you everyone in this room had a bad week in some form or another, and you were like one of three people who were bold enough to admit it. So, hey, kudos to you, and you get some protein chocolate pancakes. Make everyone jealous. Yes. Yes. Turn this off so we don't start a fire, and we're good to go. Y'all are regretting it now, aren't you? Y'all can smell this. You don't have to finish them if you don't want. It's okay. Eat as many as you want. He doesn't manage you want. Y'all, the point is this. On the journey, God will provide opportunities for you to refuel. Not only despite your circumstances, but through your circumstances. Look, look what he did with Elijah. He gave him a place to keep warm. He gave him a place to rest. And he will give you a place to fill and refuel you. And you need to know this. That even if you are running away, maybe especially if you're running away, especially if God's calling you east and you're going west, especially if that is happening, you need to realize that God has not left you. He's not abandoned you. He doesn't think less of you. He's not angry at you. He still loves you and has a plan for your life, especially if it is completely off course. This church may be that place. Maybe it's a small group. Maybe it's a friendship. Maybe you need to join a team and get that connection, a place to keep warm, to refuel you, to, refuel you, to, to give you rest, whatever it is. I know God's gonna provide it actually the exact right time. Let's go to verse seven. The angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, get up and eat for the journey is too much for you. You ever wake up and have pancakes and then go back to bed? You just feel worthless. All right. But sometimes you need it. All right. So this is pre-kid people. People with kids are like, no, no, no. I, I, I get it. 
But sometimes you need to wake up, you need to eat, you need to go back to sleep. Have you ever heard what Christians love to say? The Lord will never give you anything you can't handle. You ever heard that? You ever heard God won't ever, won't ever give you anything you can't handle? I would say bull. I might not be able to say that in church. I might say baloney. Can I say baloney? I'm going to stop. I'm going to say baloney. It's hard to sound intense saying baloney and pointing your finger. Yo, you need to read the text. It says right here. It says for the journey is too much for you. Meaning there are journeys in life that are too much for you to handle. Maybe your marriage is on the rocks right now. I wanted to tell you the journey may be too much for you. Maybe it struggles with your career or financial worries or trying to raise these kids. The journey is too much for you. It doesn't mean you're on the wrong path. It doesn't mean God's not involved. But it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to look to others. It's okay to seek God's strength because the journey can be too much for us. Eight. So he got up and ate and drank. Strengthened by that food, he traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. There he went to a cave and spent the night. I wanted to tell you, sometimes a little rest isn't enough. It's not enough. Some of y'all, you take one night off a week. You work all day, all weekend. You take like Tuesday night from seven to nine off. You need some, uh, I was right. You need some time. You need, you, I just had a vacation and it was great. And I left my phone in Virginia and I went to North Carolina and it was healing. It was great. And there's times you're like, where's my phone? And I'm like, oh yeah, it's at my house. It's a good feeling. But sometimes you need a week. Sometimes you need two weeks. Ladies, give your husband the elbow. Said, Pastor T said two weeks. He said two weeks. Some of y'all, you don't have a man. That's fine. Single ladies, independent women. Maybe you're like Beyonce in 2001. You're an independent woman and you want to put your hands up. That's fine. Maybe that's you. Go to the spa. Relax. Take a trip with the girls. Men, take some time. You have to get away. I don't know what fuels you. I don't know if it's hiking. I don't know if it's laying on a beach. I don't quite know what it is, but y'all need to treat yourself. <laughs> y'all can quote me on that. This is a bit of an aside, but we're talking about the chatterbox. We're talking about this voice that takes us from, from victory to defeat so fast. And I've heard people say this to me, so I just want to address it. It's a good time. So many people have said to me, I've never heard God's voice. I want what Elijah got. I want God to make me breakfast in bed. I want him to talk to me. I want him to come to me. I haven't had that experience. With all due respect, we can't compare them apples to apples. We can't. Elijah went 40 days and 40 nights doing cardio of all things. That sounds like hell. Some of y'all, I don't know if I can do 40 minutes of cardio, all right? 40 days and 40 nights into the wilderness. Who knows if he had shoes? He didn't have supplies. Who, know how much, who knows how much water he had? We can't compare them one to the other. I, let me just ask you, though. When's the last time you sought God's voice? When's the last time you sat in solitude? When's the last time you shut your phone off? You told the kids you need some quiet time. You sat down with a cup of coffee or went on a walk. You turned off the podcast. You turned off the radio and you just sat. Scripture says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with your whole heart. I believe God wants to show himself to us, but we have to, we have to look. We have to silence. We have to get into a place of silence sometimes to seek and to find him. Let's continue with Elijah. And the word of the Lord came to him. What are you doing here, Elijah? 
He replied, you can feel a little, little anger in his voice. He replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I'm the only one left. And now they're trying to kill me too, meaning this, my plan was perfect. Where did you screw up? Where did you drop the ball? The chatterbox loves to pounce on that. When we feel like I did everything right, I played by the rules, why didn't I get the promotion? Why don't my kids respect me more? Why don't I live in a different house, drive a different car? Why am I not closer to God? Why, why, why? We almost come to God like Elijah and we say, my plan was perfect. Why are you screwing it up? The chatterbox loves to play on that. You're not good enough. You're not smart enough. God doesn't love you. That's what the chatterbox will say. I want to talk to you about what I call shower conversations because Elijah was going 40 days and 40 nights. I think he rehearsed this little bit, little bit in his head for 40 days and 40 nights. He just kind of spit it out. It's polished. It's ready to go. If God talked to me, I wouldn't quite know what to say, but Elijah seemed prepared. Have you ever had an argument with someone or your boss was mean to you or someone said something online and you didn't know what to say in the moment, but two days later, you're like, I would have said that. And you're in the shower and you're like, I would have said this and that, and that would have shown them. And you're kind of replaying this in your head over and over. Some of y'all do it while driving. And I pull up next to you at a stoplight and you look crazy. (laughs) You do. I can see, right? I'm like, what, who are they talking to? Okay. You need to be careful. We do this. I want to tell you about the chatterbox. Don't engage the chatterbox on its level. Don't argue with it. It's going to win. Don't start rationalizing and justifying and explaining. Don't get to its level. When Jesus was in the wilderness and attacked by Satan, Satan kind of launched little accusations at him, and Jesus responded with Scripture. He responded shortly, succinctly, and with Scripture. That's why it's important we go to church and sing these songs and spend some type of quiet time. That's why we recommend YouVersion. It's a great app free Bible reading plans of certain topics or through certain books of the Bible. This is great ammunition. For the chatterbox. I challenge you to engage it with the word of God. 11. The Lord said, he said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And the, after the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. I want to ask you, where are you looking for God to act in your life? Some of us don't look anywhere. But if you are looking, are you looking like Elijah? He's the the guy who prays and fire comes down. He's looking for something big. He wants fire. He wants wind. He wants an earthquake. He wants something big. That's what he is looking for. That's what he wants. But I want to ask you, you may be looking in the wrong place. You may be looking in the wrong place. God might not want to speak to you through that, through signs in the sky. He may want to speak to you through quiet time or through your small group or through your volunteer team or through just sitting, coming to church and shutting off your phone and just sitting in silence. Maybe that's where he wants to speak to you. 13, when Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. Then a voice said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? Let me, let me tell you this. When God asks you a question, it's never for his benefit, okay? He knows it's for our benefit. And he's not saying, what are you doing here, Elijah? You look awful. Ooh. He's not saying that. He's saying, what are you doing here, Elijah? I want you to turn your neighbor and say, what are you doing here? 
I want you to turn your other neighbor, your second choice, the runner-up, the least popular of the two, and I want you to say, what are you doing here? Y'all, it's a good question. It's a really good question. Now you know who your best friend is in the third wheel. But I want to ask you, if you ever find yourself listening to the chatterbox, up late, worrying, stressed out, going down a path, which you know God doesn't have for you, I want you to stop and ask you this. What are you doing here? What am I benefiting from this? How am I growing? How does this help my family? What is this, what is this doing? What am I doing here? What am I doing here in this condition? What am I doing listening to those voices, Ryan? What are you doing running from your calling, Christina? What are you doing so fearful, Bill, and so terrified, Dolores? What are you doing here, Weston? What's it accomplishing? What are you doing here? What are you doing here? That's what God asks him. 14. He replied, the script. I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. It's like he's got a tape recorder. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I'm the only one left, and they are trying to kill me too. Look what God does. Look what God says. The Lord said to him, he says, go back the way you came. Did you know sometimes God will send you back before you need to go forward? You may have to step down before you get the promotion. You may go deal with a few things before you can move on. Sometimes God sends you back the way you came when you expect to go in a different direction. He says, go to the desert of Damascus. When you get there, anoint Haziel king over Aram. Who the heck is that? As far as we know, this was a pagan king, meaning this guy did not believe in the God of the Bible, pray to the God of the Bible. He was a different religion altogether, different nation. God's saying, hey, I want to do some big things through Haziel. Elijah was probably like us. He probably said, God only works in big ways and he only is going to work through people who I would expect him to work through. But sometimes God is going to work through the most crazy sources you never would have thought. In a hundred years, God worked through that jerk boss. I never, would have, I never thought he would have worked through that old high school friend of mine. He did what through who? God will do that. Who work in the most crazy sources imaginable. So don't underestimate him. Don't close your eyes. Don't close your ears. He was working in your life. 16. He said, also appoint Jehu, son of Nimshi, king over Israel, and anoint Elisha, son of Shaphat, from Abel-Meholah to succeed you as a prophet. He says, here's the plan. New king, new prophet to take your place. Yet I reserve 7,000 in Israel, all whose knees have not bowed down to Baal and whose mouths have not kissed him. Wait, wait, wait. Hold up. Elijah's probably thinking, whoa, 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 wait. So God, you're telling me you actually have a plan? Yep. Whoa, whoa, God. So you're telling me that you're working behind the scenes in my life? Yep. Whoa, 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 whoa. God, you're telling me that you already have someone to take my place when I'm done with this? Yes. God is working behind the scenes. Did you know God is working behind the scenes even when you don't realize it? Did you know God is working on the big picture even when you're taking a nap? He absolutely is. Even if something disappoints you, even if something makes you want to pull your hair out, he's working behind the scenes. And I wanted to tell you all today that it it won't always be like this. I don't know what season you're in, but I wanted to tell you it won't always be like this. Some of you moms, you're not sleeping. You want to pull your hair out. It's driving you crazy. It won't always be like this. Some of y'all, you're working. 
you're in school, you're volunteering, you're doing so much. You don't know how you can be stretched any further. I wanted to tell you, it won't always be like this. Some of y'all are at a season of work. There's uncertainty, there's fear, there's turmoil. And I came to tell you today, it won't always be like this. Y'all, it is a season. And God's got a plan. God's presence when he speaks to Elijah, your, your version of the Bible, it may say there was a gentle whisper. It may say there's a still small voice. In the Hebrew, it can be translated that Elijah heard this. A silence that can be heard. Oh God. That is what God's presence is like. It's a silence that can be heard. He heard it. He felt it. He recognized it. That is God's voice. Some of y'all may be wondering, why doesn't he shout? Why can't he speak audibly? Why can't he do fireworks and fire and earthquakes? It would be easier to believe. The reason God doesn't shout, God doesn't shout because he's so close. Two-year-olds are the only ones who will scream when they're this close. My son loves to get in my ear and just, ah, just scream, but he doesn't shout because he's so close. He, God, why would he shout? If he's sitting behind you, if he's got his arm around your shoulder, if he's rocking you to bed at night, preparing for you throughout the day, why on earth would he shout? He would whisper a silence that can be heard. Scripture said he's counted the hairs on your head. You can't do that from across outer space. You got to be close. Do you know what image that gives you of a parent with with a child in the lap? Just playing with your hair. That's what he's done for you. That's how close he is, and that's how much he loves you. Scripture says he is a very present help in the time of trouble. And if you're in that time of trouble, know that he is closer than you could ever imagine. Y'all, when the chatterbox is loud, I want you to hear his whisper. This is all temporary. It's not always going to be like this. When the chatterbox is loud, when it's driving you crazy, when it won't shut up, listen to the silence that can be heard that said, I knit you together in your mother's womb. I've counted every hair on your head. I created you. I poured my spirit into you, and I know what's best for you. Y'all, when the chatterbox is loud, when it is deafening, you need to hear the whisper of God when he says, I promise to never leave you nor forsake you. He extends his hand. It says, trust me, take it, follow me. Y'all, you need to rest. I think the best way to combat the chatterbox is pancakes. Rest, sleep with a patient assurance that when you wake up, breakfast is going to be ready. He's going to feed you with whatever he needs to do so. And you need to know this place can be your place of rest. Maybe that's why this church is here, for you to join a group or a team or to come regularly or to start calling it home. Maybe you need solitude in that daily quiet time on you version that I talked about. Now, we don't have pancakes here every week, but we got some donuts. I can promise you that. My hope is you hear God's word. My hope is you'll hear his voice. And when the chatterbox seems to not stop, I pray you hear God's voice, his presence, a still small voice, a silence that can be heard. We'll close on this. Something else I, you just got to know. I want you to see it. It's this. It's that God's voice calls us to action. Did you notice that? When he finally came face to face with God, God's voice called him to action. It made him missional. It sent him out. 
to do a task, to do something in this world. You got to realize the chatterbox sends us into hiding and God's word sends us to action. If you're not sure what voice you're hearing, who's talking to me in the whispers? What, who is this? I want to ask you, are you going into hiding? Are you isolating yourself? Are you blocking everyone else off? That's not God. That's a chatterbox. That's that internal murmur, that internal static. If you really are having an interaction with God, he'll meet you where you are. He'll give you rest. He'll give you rejuvenation and he'll send you back into action. Our church's mission is to reach, equip, and impact. Action. Not sit, soak, deliberate. Not run, hide, flee. Not fear. Stay up late worrying and play what if in your head. Not even, not, not whine, complain, and eat donuts. Although some of you would like that. That would be a good mission statement. But that's not what he's called us to do. You need to know this church. A true interaction with God's word stills the storms within you. Turns you around to face that which is most difficult to face. And it calls you to action. God said to Elijah, he said, go back the way you came. He said, child, you need some rest. Let me provide for you. Let me take care of you. And let me send you back into that place where I'm calling you to be. May we embrace that calling today. Fully knowing that even when we are asleep, God's working something behind the scenes. Especially if it doesn't seem like it. And it can come through the most unlikely of sources. May we be a church that seeks his voice. That silence that can be heard. And let us go to him in prayer. Let us pray. Thanks so much for listening with us today. We believe Jesus is on the move in Virginia Beach. And if you would like to learn more about who we are and our mission, follow us at Ascent Church 757. If you would like to give to further our mission to impact this city and beyond, you can do so at our website, ascentchurch.net. We hope to see you soon.